Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to welcome you today to what I think is going to be a very rewarding and exciting episode. I have two fine young gentlemen here all the way from the state of Idaho with us here by way of Zoom, and that's Will Sprunt and Daniel Becerra. I got it right, didn't I, Daniel? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> You're going to have to take me out for a hamburger again. Yeah, next time I, I come out there. Yeah. It's so good to have these gentlemen, and they are from Grace Bible Church, and they have, uh, they're involved in men's ministry and discipleship ministry there, and we are going to be talking to them. Gentlemen, welcome to today's episode. Nice to Thank be you. here. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, I wish they could see you, man. I tell you what, if they could, if they could see you, we'd have a million listeners. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Before we begin, though, I do want to welcome all of you again to our podcast, and we would like to hear from you. So, if you don't mind, take a few moments to just shoot me an email. I'd love to know what you're thinking. Many of you have been reaching out to me. Just send me an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail dot com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail dot com. We'd love to also have you as part of our uh, email listenership that gets the regular monthly newsletter. So go to the website, that's hopealongthejourney.org. Again, that's hopealongthejourney.org, and you'll see a pop-up screen that will come up. And when that pop-up screen comes up that says, stay in touch, would you please just enter your email and we'll get you into the monthly newsletter. Well, today we've got an exciting topic. We're going to be talking about something called resets here in just a few moments. But I'd like for each of you gentlemen to introduce yourself, tell my listening audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then I also want you to to tell us a little bit about your testimony, about how you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. So, Will, we'll start with you. Great. My name is Will Sprunt. I am the discipleship director at Grace Bible Church. And I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian home. My dad was a Plymouth Brethren preacher. He died when I was 19. A few years before that, I did um, accept Christ as he asked me um, on a Sunday night, January 31st of 1971. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years, my dad died in 73, open heart surgery on the table, 15% risk a man that um, loved the Lord. And it was pretty hard to accept things at first. Um, Going into life, I, I have a degree in business, um, semi-successful, I would say, and then everything started. The wheels came off. I left Jesus out of my life. I started to live a life of um, probably just solitude, my own way, trying to make make my own path straight and uh, end up lost in a world of sin, lost in uh, direction in life. Um, I had a wife. I had four kids. Um, lots of hardship happened January of 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I was close to committing suicide. I failed. That really defines it. 
I was successful in failing. That's really what happened at that point in my life. And, and for the next 12, 14 years, I aimlessly drifted. God would speak a little bit to my heart. I would shun him. I thought at that point as a growing up in a very legalistic background that once, once I had gone over the line, there was no hope and no redemption. And, um, oh, wow. it was, it was in 2007, the divorce had, had gone through. I was lost in 2008, March. I remember the Thursday morning laying on a cold tile floor, um, lost. I could have died and no one would even cared and no one would have showed up. And the house was being sold out from underneath. Everything was falling apart. I literally spent a lot of time homeless in a car, living out of a car. Um, I lay on the cold tile floor before the house was taken. And uh, somehow, um, Jeremiah 31.3, I love you with an everlasting love. And um, those words, I love you, came into play. And then in wow. Isaiah 43, verse 1, I have created you. I have redeemed you. Um, I've created you. I formed you. I've redeemed you. I call you by name. You're mine. And I lie, wept weeping just just uncontrollably on that cold tile floor, realizing that, Jesus, if you're the only one that loves me, the only one that calls my name, it will be enough. And um, I, life changed a little bit. I, I started to see uh, the importance of giving my life back to Christ, the transformation that was taking place. But the real part probably happened. I came out to Idaho 11 years ago, got married to uh, a fine Christian woman. She, her husband died ALS tragically. Um, I got to, uh, you know, we start spending some time together, ministry, where was going to go? How could God use us? Showed up at Grace Bible Church and, and Keith saw, he uses four letters, I see in you, those four mm -hmm. letters in the alphabet. And um, for some reason, he saw something in this old broken down man that God had given some little, little bit of hope. And, um, you know, I told Keith that, you know, we like to hire a position. We'd like to bring you on. And I said, Keith, you know, I'm a divorced man. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And his words to me were, if you're not dead, God's not done. And Wendy and I just wept <laughs> again, how God could take a life totally oh, yes. messed and broken and do something with it. Praise God. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Will. God is truly the Redeemer, isn't he? Amen. And he redeems yes, he our lives yeah. from destruction and from going to waste. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Thank God for that. And thank God for Pastor Keith that saw that in you when you didn't see it in yourself. He yeah. still saw the hope and the purpose that God had for you. Wow. Well, Will, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being with us today. Daniel, share us a little bit about yourself and give us your testimony of your faith in Christ. Well, I'm the GAP director at uh, Grace Bible Church and um, working towards starting a church next year in October. But since then, I've been a jack of all trades there. But going back to the salvation journey, I went on kind of what I like to call a Jacob journey, you know, and Jacob in the Bible, he went from being a trickster to being governed by God, being Israel. And that was pretty much my journey. You know, I came to the Lord when I was just turning 13, like a couple months prior. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was all in, you know, I did ministry. I went on missions trips. I, uh, even was uh, head of a children's ministry in Russia for a time, went to Bible college and, after all that, I, I played the prodigal son, you know, I kind of drifted away and took a while for God to get a hold of me. And when he did, I had a real hard time in believing that he still loved me because, yes. you know, I had messed up. I had yeah. gone my own way. And I was actually at a family camp um, 
And I took an extra day to stay there. I went in the forest and I was just like, God, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can still love me anymore. And I did something I never do. I just opened the Bible and just kind of played a little Bible roulette. And uh, it opened up to Zephaniah. And I was like, I think I've read this book before, but I can't remember anything about it. Well, so those little minor prophets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing what I read there. It was a Zephaniah 3.17, and it says, The Lord your God, the mighty one, he will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that God still loved me so much. He wanted to sing over me. I mean, that, yes. that kind of blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And so from there I thought, okay, God, you love me, but kind of like will, I mean, we have kind of similar paths and I was, um, thought I was disqualified. I was like, well, mm -hmm. all right, you love me, but I'm done with ministry. And, um, slowly God showed me that wasn't the case that he still wanted me to, uh, to be in ministry, to serve him. And, you know, that it's amazing. I think I've learned, you know, a lot of people say it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. I think over my life, I've kind of learned that it's about both. Mm -hmm. It just matters on what you put first. That's exactly When we right. put a, a religion first, we're checking a box. And it, it that's not what it's about. But when we put a relationship first, yeah. It's all about that relationship with God, how we love him, how we want to keep his commandments. Absolutely. And just over the years, that's really what God's been showing me is, yes, I want a relationship with you. And yes, there are these things. It's kind of like my son today. He, uh, he loves playing games. And I told him, all right, you can play games today because they have the day off. Just do your laundry first. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, he <laughs> forgot. <laughs> so I had to ground him. It's not that he's a bad kid. He's a wonderful kid. I mean, people see my kids. They're just like, man, how did you have such good kids? And I'm like, I don't know. It's got to be God. <laughs> you married up, too. But <laughs> it, it definitely married up. You met my wife. You know that. But, um, it, and it's that relationship with it that we yes, have. And is, I wanted man. to, yeah, bring him back in line in a sense. But because I love him, because I want him to see his responsibilities and stuff. So I think that's the way God is with us. And I mean, Man, I love Jesus so much. Just what He's done for us, how He died for us. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's just amazing. It's beautiful. Well, gentlemen, thanks for sharing your testimony. I, I, and I know this is going to be a blessing to those who listen to it because, you know, one of the reasons I started this whole podcast and the reasons called Hope Along the Journey is because, and you guys get this, there are so many people out there who feel like they've yeah. lost all hope. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's no hope for tomorrow. There's no hope for yes. a better tomorrow. I've I've ruined plan A. You know, there isn't even a plan B for me. And I just want these podcasts to go out and resonate with that message of hope, that there's hope, mm -hmm. but it's only in Jesus Christ you're going to find yes. that hope. Yes. Also. Well, you know, one of the my other favorite scriptures is 1 Peter 5.10. You know, it talks about how we're called to heaven. And that the God of all grace, he will restore you, he'll yes. confirm you, he'll strengthen you, and he'll establish you. Yeah, I mean, that is God's work in us. He is seeking mm -hmm. to reconcile us, and I love that. Amen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he is he's the one who does pick up the broken pieces. He's the one who does restore the years that the locusts mm -hmm. have destroyed. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And it's that's not just fairy tale language. That is the reality of what God can do with a life that's surrendered back to Him. The, the last yeah, five to the last five to six years have literally been the sweetest and best years of my life. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit older than you, Mark, and a lot older than Daniel. Um, but to realize how God can take yeah. something that you thought was discarded and makes it so sweet. And the more in discipling, speaking into men's lives, I get more out of it than they do. Yeah. And, and I get the, the way that, that God has been speaking and using. And that's really where the whole idea of the resets came in as a result of yeah. discipling it. Yeah. That's great. Time to get away. Well, gentlemen, I just, man, I just, there's so much, I just like to keep talking about this because God is so good and man, and and I love the fact that, that, that God used the scriptures, the word of God in both of your lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's so important that, that the word of God finds its place in our heart and gives us the answers that we need. But let's lead right into this matter of the resets. Uh, talk to me, talk to our audience, tell us a little bit about this whole Resets ministry and what's all this about. Sure. I do so, think the first thing is that Will should share how they came apart, up, how they came a, to be. Okay, great. Will, tell us about it. Okay. So the, really what happens, I get a spiritual day a, a month, and Wendy and I have a travel trailer. We'd go up into the mountains and just get away. And I would break the eight-hour day into four two-hour segments mm-hmm. and just would sit there. And what I began to realize, I was always having an agenda for God. But I needed to learn to just sit in patient, wait on the Lord, be still. And as a result, um, those times of going up the mountain, that's probably 2017 and then 18 and 19. Every time I went away, there was always this, this pulling in my heart. Like, God, you're showing me something here. What is it that you're showing? Mm-hmm. And then Elvira's came along. Other people call it COVID, but to me, it's Elvira's. And um, we were quarantined and I had to go up the mountain to get away because where are you going to stay? We were, you know, that's when every time someone right. you came in contact with, and I think six or seven times that had happened. And meeting people in the backyard, Daniel was one of them. Just some of us guys would get together and have a time, a quiet time, just with the Lord, encouraging one another, iron sharpens iron. And then going up the mountain, quarantine, the whole idea of the last three, four years start to just fit all together about putting together these resets, taking men up for 24 hours, a quick getaway, just pulling the plug on, on everything around the distractions of life and the busyness mm-hmm. and, and sitting quietly and listening, the discipline of learning to listen to God speaking to us. We always have our own agenda. And, yes, we do. To be, to be able to sit there. And we started to see also um, in the men's Bible study, and I'll let Daniel address that in a second. Um, but there was a longing in men's heart that we were discipling with that they wanted to go deeper and more in their relationship with Christ, but they really didn't even know how to do it or where to start. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. With the Bible studies, you know, we had men, we were studying the Word of God together. And we started to implement this thing at the end of each study where we would ask the guys to spend seven minutes just waiting on God. Didn't want you to take notes. Didn't want you to do anything. Just sit there and meditate and listen to what he has to say to you. And we found like when we first started doing this, it was almost impossible. The moment we'd say, all right, guys, it's this that time of seven minutes, the pins would come out, <laughs> scribbling would happen. And it took a while because mm-hmm. they, they so wanted to write down what they knew. Yeah. 
And we were like, it's, it's not about what you know. We want you to just spend that time listening to God. So many times we talk to him, we give him our list, we pray, but we don't just sit there and, and listen to what he has to say to us and, and just wait on him and let him give us those impressions and right. just those ideas that he has. But we found as, as time went on, men really did start to just sit there and listen and that was really another aspect of this reset. We wanted to take men up, just get away from life, get away from distractions, get away from everything, and just have that time without distraction with God where you can, for 24 whole hours, have that seven minutes. And yeah. it was amazing. So, so God gave us a, the idea. I, was, I remember sitting in a zero-gravity chair, and, and God gave the idea of breaking into three sessions go up for 24 hours, you travel up together, you get some fellowship together. Um, we get there and, and we have a, we have a session, we have time to eat. And that's what we, you know, we, we make sure they get well-fed. Um, <laughs> that's important it, to men, isn't it? it? it yeah, it certainly is. We were going to have them fast right yes. after that meal. So. <laughs> okay. so there was, there was a little bit of trickery in there, but gotcha. um, that was Daniel's side. Remember he came from that trickery too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That's but, right. But the, the, the neat thing was, is that um, we go into session and, and I'm, I'm not going to develop, you know, do, you know, give a lot out of what, what it's all about. Um, we love to be able to go to places and, and teach other people how to enjoy we get the time of reset, develop leaders and, um, but started out in August of, of 2020, nine guys went up the mountain. Uh, we had a session and it was just learning. I just want to see you, God. Yes. And, and so often we miss him in the very obvious what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. and, and we're looking for something or as, as one guy, a couple of guys have done, they made a list of things they wanted to see when they were out there. But God doesn't necessarily go by our list. And, and then the, we no, come back, doesn't. we have a we have a time of discussion about what's gone on. Um, the whole key of a reset is we're not there to fix you. We want you to learn the discipline of setting aside spiritual space. We call it SAS mm -hmm. um, or sassy setting aside spiritual space intentionally every day, but learning that discipline of just sitting quiet and God speaking in the, in the Bible studies with the natural tendency is you want to write down the first thing that comes to your mind, which is probably your own thoughts. Anyways, if God is speaking to you, you're not going to forget. And so the, the idea of the birthing of the resets came about during the, the, you know, COVID-19 up the mountains mm -hmm. and seeing the need that we needed to be alone with God. Second Timothy 2.2 was a verse that came to me um, and, and it was how important it is to be investing in faithful who will invest and teach the, the others. Mm -hmm. And that word faithful is the word pestos. So that became the men's side of resets, pestos. And the women were, were zeal based on Romans 12.11, the fervent. So we, we distinguish between the men and women. We do not go up together. Um, God made it clear in the plan that we want to be multi-generational. So under 25, 16 to 25, um, under 40, under 55 and older. And we try to make sure we have all generations represented every time we go up and to see what God is doing in the lives and that spread of generations, mm -hmm. um, how older are, are being renewed and refreshed by the younger. The, the younger are seeing that, hey, my life, as older, they have the same problems and it. It really opens up a, a bond between the guys that go up or the women that go up in these resets. Um, in the early days, uh, we went up to, uh, there was nine and then we had three or four resets that year. I think we ended the last one in October and we lived, we did it in tents. Um, 
it was cold. Daniel, the first time we had to wake him up a couple of times, it was cold getting out of bed. <laughs> we, we have, we have fire. And then, um, after the at 10 o'clock at night, we have a 12 hour fast. Okay. And we're not there. The whole thing, we're not there to fix you. We want you to hear what God has to say and let the Holy spirit speak and move in your life. After the second we get up morning at seven, we start at seven 30. And then we, we have another session that goes out for about an hour and a half, two hours. We come back for some time around the fire and then we'll feed them a real nice brunch. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the third session. So the first one is really about us learning to, to, you know, see God in nature around in his theater, yes. in his, mm-hmm. in his um, surroundings. The second one is allowing God to search Psalm 139, 23, 24, search me, O God, and know my heart, test my thoughts, see if there's any wicked way and then lead me. And, and the third one is more, now that you've shown me these things in my life, I need to drop them and let them go. And so it, the whole, and we have a whole um, prompts in, in, in verses and for them to read and, you know, helping them to, to sort of step through. It's not a Bible study. The first one, the first session, mm-hmm. um, the second one, there's a lot more being in the word. The third one, um, especially as they start to surrender, you'll see how God speaks to them that way. Uh, but somehow during the way, uh, a little over a year ago, a, a family found out that um, that we needed a facility. It was the way where we were going, got a little cold, um, and he offered us his cabin, and God blessed us with a man and a wife that hardly used a cabin. So now we go up into the woods, off the grid, no internet, um, in a cabin. So they have some, it sleeps 14. Yes. Okay. Um, there is running water. We didn't used to have that, did we, Daniel, back in the day? Um and, and just it's the river and, and a piece of ground. <laughs> yeah. And now we have the river and we have a few acres to sit in and just mm-hmm. mountains around us in the front. And, uh, but God's been impacting lives in ways. It's tremendous. That, uh, um, you know, it's funny. Will says he doesn't give much detail and normally we don't. He gave a way <laughs> lot more detail than he's ever given you, anyone Mark. growing up. <laughs> we well, don't the reason them. we don't give detail is because we want men and now women do it too, to step out in faith. We don't want them to come with this expectation or prepared answers or Mm -hmm. because we'll, we'll have discussions after each session and we want men to just to, to kind of just take that leap of faith in a sense where I'm going to do this just because, and the only thing we tell them is this is 24 hours for you to spend some time with God. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing we'll tell them. They'll ask questions. We're like, Look, we're not going to give you all the details because we just, if you want to do it, step out in faith. And we found that that's a really important aspect of this because we as men, we need to be a little off balance sometimes to to let God speak to us and to to let God move when it's not about our agenda and what we're doing. We men don't like to be off balance, do we? No, no. <laughs> seems to me like God got Jacob a little off balance to get him straightened out in the Old Testament, you know. So oh, yeah. he was off balance the rest of his life, I think. Didn't he walk with a limp? Yes, he did the rest of his life. Yes, he did. So, well, that is fantastic what you're doing. And why is it? I want to ask you this question. So here, here's the question that puzzles me, and I don't have all the answers to it. Women's groups man, you can start a women's group, and I mean, it's like flies to honey. I mean, they just naturally come together and huddle together and do their thing together. Men are different. It's like, oh, yeah. uh, it's it's Although, more of a challenge to get men together. I, used to, I what, used to think that way, Mark. Okay. But what I'm finding is men today, 
if they, they there's I, I'm seeing an awakening of this passion for Christ in their life. I'm missing something mm-hmm. okay. in this in this need. And and I think a lot of them, Daniel, through the same areas, um, when you start introducing them to getting in the word, something starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And then this relationship with Jesus Christ, which was once maybe based on knowledge, is now coming in. I know him in a personal way. I start to build this relationship with the vertical and then the horizontal starts to starts to work out as well in my life. And I believe men and women as well, they're looking for something more than what's out there. Oh, Going to church for true. a 35 minute message doesn't cut it. Um, but when we find when they're going up the mountains and we'll give you some examples of some of them in a bit, but um, we, we were searching our minds like over 200 probably have gone on resets in, in these last couple of years. And, and uh, it's changing the culture of discipleship at Grace. People are getting in, engaged in, in ministry in areas. You find them serving, not volunteering because they serve out of their passion and seeing an opportunity mm-hmm. versus my ability and being a need and obligated. Yeah. And we're seeing them you know, taking hold of their families and being the men that God's called them to be, um, sharing their faith with others. That, those are the areas that probably stand out. Um, That's great. I will agree with you, though, Mark. There is this aspect where there has to be a catalyst. Mm -hmm. You know, these men, a lot of them were resistant to going. It maybe was the 10th time that we invited them (laughs) that some of them came up. And I think the thing is that a lot of times we as men, we have to go through these things to find out that we're missing something, that there's something in our lives that just, it's empty. It's not right. It's, it's. We're, we start searching. And I think the thing that the reset does is it gives people a chance to reset, to reset their lives, to reset their yes. priorities, to see God as not something that it's a box I check, mm-hmm. but man, I can actually spend time with God. And in some of the examples he talked about, um, one was a good friend of mine. I won't give you his name, but uh, he, when I started coming to grace, I started helping out with the men's Bible study. And I, I, at one point took it over and started leading it. And he always came, but he was always kind of in and out. He was always kind of on the fence. I mean, I could tell you some stories that are kind of funny, but (laughs) he uh, would be in the world for a time and then he'd come to church and he'd want Jesus, but then he'd fall away again. And he had problems with alcohol and stuff. And it was always just this in and out. He, he went on a reset and there was such a change in him. I mean, he, he, he was the guy who had the list of the things he wanted to see. He's like, <laughs> right, I want to see a deer. deer. I want to see a bird. <laughs> and he had all these, like when we were out in nature and just yeah, I get it. seeing God's natural revelation, yeah. he's like, these are the things I want to see. Mm-hmm. And what he found was what he really needed to see yeah. was just that time alone with God. And from there, there was a huge shift in his life. And now he's like, he's helping out in the church. He's, he's serving, he's, he's doing all these things. And I really think the reset was that catalyst yeah. that, yeah. Awesome. that helped yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a story of a, a 72 year old army vet, 28 years. He hadn't cracked open the Bible. Um, he was now getting desperate drugs, alcohol was taking his toll, the PTSD from war mm-hmm. back in the day, he was depressed. Marriage was falling apart and he went on the reset and, and coming into the second session, he just literally God broke him and he just, you know, 
sort of like our stories weeping as God, as the Holy Spirit starts to realize there's, there's something he came, he came down cold Turkey off the drugs, walked away from the alcohol, wow. his wife on the, uh, every Sunday, she'll still say the same thing. And this is now eight, nine months later, 10 months later. Um, what God has done in restoring our marriage with the man that I have is not the man I, I, I ever knew before. And just to see how, what God's done in a, a set, that's an older man, right? Mm-hmm, Hard sure. and stiff in his ways, an army guy. Um, there, I can give the story of a pastor, 40 years in ministry, who never, ever had experienced time quiet alone with the Lord. He had had quiet time, mm-hmm. but it was always where he was you know, trying to tell God what he wanted. And to see him, I love, I love Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has come to set us free. God set him free. The Holy Spirit set him free from the routine and the rut that he was living in. And a phenomenal man, great pastor, but it just a renewed, it, the, re, the button reset him as well. Praise God. Well, man, it's been great to be with you. Man, time has moved along so right. quickly. We're going to have to do this again. Love and to. we got to yeah. talk some more about men's ministry because there is this is such a vital need in all of our churches. So thank you, Will. Thank you, Daniel, for being on today's Hope Along the Journey recording thank and you, podcast. We appreciate it so much. And friends, today I just want to remind you, as you've been listening, that Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. If you look to him... He will help you find hope along the journey. God bless you and thank you for listening today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.